So cool. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Where are you? You're over in Germany, right? Exactly. Yeah. What's it like over there today? Is it? Uh, it's today. It's pretty hot outside. Uh, we, we got summer at the moment and uh, it's pretty much unbearable. But uh, I'm sitting in my home studio. It's my basement, so it's a little bit colder here. So it's okay. <laughs> awesome. So let's just jump into mental cruelty then. Yeah. I'm an old soul, but I'm also a very big Deathcore fan, and I absolutely love uh, love your stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, so I'm going to just start off, and don't be offended by this, but what are you guys so pissed about? <laughs> uh <laughs> Actually, I don't know. We we are just a bunch of dudes who like uh, to play music. Uh, like personally, we're not really uh, pissed off people. We're re really uh, really nice persons. <laughs> right. And yeah, we like to play music, heavy music. So yeah. <laughs> so I think it's funny you said that because I think you hit it right on the head, and we talk about that a lot on the show. Is that you'll find that a lot of extreme metal guys, or even just metalheads in general, are the nicest people you'll find and maybe because they're able to get their aggressions and their shit out listening to this kind of extreme music definitely i'm sure because uh it's a it's it's kind of a, a way to express your feelings and uh some people don't have that in their lives and maybe that's why more people who don't listening to that kind of music are i don't know angry or uh sad i don't know we we can express that with our music and it's really important to us and i think everybody in the scene uh has has the same opinion so yeah i i would totally agree and it's cheaper than therapy right you can buy the album definitely. for 99 and and get away with it definitely <laughs> um when you guys are writing are you writing with a, a message in mind something you want your fans to take away from after listening to a mental cruelty record oh uh, well we start off with the instrumentals first uh, and write lyrics afterwards. So uh, in the beginning, we just have like little visions, I would say. Uh, so we get inspired by a lot of things. I mean, I can get inspired by friends. I can get inspired by family, from music, uh, from movies, pictures, everything. And uh, it always depends on what's what, what's hitting at, at that point when you write a song, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, for for most most of most of the songs uh, we wrote with uh, a vision in mind, like we had some pictures, and uh, we love Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, you know. So uh, that also played a big role. Uh, stuff like music from Howard Shore, but also. Uh, stuff like Ennio Morricone, John Williams, and uh, all the orchestral stuff. Like, you can really get, like, clear pictures in your head when you're listening to that kind of music. Uh, me, personally. But, right. uh, yeah, that kind of stuff really helped us shaping the record. And, uh, yeah, it, it always depends when we write songs. Okay. So, I've heard the single Nordleys, and I guess the record is out on Century Media June, what, 23rd? 23rd yeah so like about two weeks from now what's been the reaction to the single so far uh the reactions have been have been great i mean uh, uh of course you have some people who are not really doing it uh we tried a lot of new stuff on the new record uh especially on the first single it's Wielicht and symphony 
fucking star. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, most of the people really liked it, and uh, I'm glad they do. And yeah, it, it's different, but I think it's also really important to not release like the same album as the last time. Oh, I hundred uh, percent agree with you. Yes, it's always good to to evolve. Like, for example, my my favorite one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, it's gonna be a hot a hot one, but <laughs> Sanger from Metallica. It was my first metal album I ever listened to. Really? And yeah, it's different. It's totally different. But yes. at that time, it was the right album for me. It was the gateway for me to metal, and. Uh, when you do Saint Anger and you listen to Master of Puppets, you're gonna be like, "That's not the same band." Correct. It cannot so, be, you know. Right. But I think it is important to to change time, try different things. Uh, sometimes you fail, but sometimes you fail to get better in the future. You know. No, that makes sense. But how much? So when you were when you were writing this record and you were intentionally trying to not write the same record as you said. How much yeah. or how worried were you that it wouldn't be accepted? Or were you not worried and you just were going to do what you felt? Uh, we, we weren't uh, like, we didn't care actually, because for all of us, music is it's such an important thing in our lives. And uh, of course, we, we are happy when we have fans who are like, oh, this uh, like touches me so much. And we, we get that and we love that. But uh, primarily we write the music for ourselves we need to write it i i need to write music every day i need to go into my home studio pick up my guitar or play some drums or uh, do some vocals i don't care i need to do music every day and uh, i i think it's the same approach with writing an album like we just write what comes to our mind what what makes us happy and uh, if there are people out there who dig it that's great that's awesome but we're not gonna write something just because of the sake, like that people are gonna like it, you know? Right. So along those same lines, then, I mean, deathcore is very much, uh, you know, driven by breakdowns and that sort of stuff. When you're writing, do you write the songs? Or I know you said you start with the music first. Do you write the music? Yeah. With the stage in mind, like how it's gonna come across on the live setting. Like this will be a great spot for a breakdown. Or do you write the songs and then worry about it later? Uh, we actually write the songs. Worry about it later. <laughs> okay. Uh, like it's it's always hard when we when we are having our first rehearsals after writing a record because uh sometimes I write some stuff I I can't even play, you know, uh and it's a it's a learn curve because when we record the album and sending the the stems and everything to our mixing engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just record like you're not recording uh, the whole entire song at once, you know. You record the riffs separately and everything. And the first time you're gonna play that song in its entirety is when you have your first rehearsal, you know. Right. And uh, you have to be prepared for it. And uh, there are some some uh, some songs that are really hard to play, but I think it's a good thing. Uh, it makes me getting better at guitar, you know. Uh, because nowadays I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not spending like a lot of time actually practicing guitar, uh, so that makes up for it, kind of, you know. Gotcha. So how often? Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. 
The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Are you practicing or is it not really at all? Uh, to be honest, not at all, actually, because <laughs> uh, I, I started uh, playing guitar was five and uh, I actually wanted to play the drums. But uh, then one of my friends, he was like, oh, I'm going to play the drums with you. Let's go to the music school. I was like, oh, cool. All right. And then the last second, he was like, oh, I'm going to play guitar. And I was like, no, I wanted to play drums. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to the, to the guitar lessons. And I was afraid to go to the drum lessons alone. I went with him. Uh, and I'm glad I did because I, I'm glad I'm, I can play the guitar now. But when I was right. like 14 uh, something, I started playing the drums. And that's what I practice a lot at the moment. Like I play, I practice drums almost every day. Uh, because I feel like in my heart, I'm actually a drummer, but <laughs> I just need time, the practice and the routine to get better, you know? Right. Are you planning on taking mental cruelty out on the road? Uh, yes, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, we, we don't have anything planned yet. We have some concerts in, in the summer. Uh, I think we're gonna go into Belgium, um, uh, let me see. I, I think we have two or three concerts in Germany. Uh, what else? Czech Republic, I think, as okay, well. Nice. But uh, nothing major. Not like a big tour or anything. Uh, we're going to keep it slow first. Just releasing the album, promote it and everything. Uh, and then chill for a little bit because it was a lot of work and we are all exhausted as fuck. So... First off, chill a little bit, and then let's see what's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Are you one of those bands that is that overwrites for the record, like writes a, bi a bunch of songs, and then has to choose from what makes the record, or do you kind of just write directly what you need? Uh it depends. I mean, we have some songs that are that we didn't use for the record, but. Uh, we also have stuff on the record. For example, one of the songs on the record, uh, Arrogance of Agony, mm -hmm. uh, this song was actually a song I wrote before that record was even a thing. It was just for me personally, uh, for a solo project or whatever. Uh, and when I showed it to Marvin, he was like, oh, that song is cool. Why don't we use it for mental cruelty? And I was like, mm, I don't know if it fits. And he was like, oh, let's try it. And I was like, all right let's try it and uh we made it happen and we still have some stuff on our hard drives uh but it's not like we're gonna tell ourselves like ah we're never gonna use that stuff i mean there's some good stuff and maybe in the future we're gonna use this or that riff uh right. but we will see we will see so do you guys just have a catalog of stuff that you can pull from yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> So what is next for you guys then? I know you said you're going to chill and you've got a couple a couple uh, singles or whatever, but what, what do you have next? 
Uh, well, like I said, the the album's coming out in two weeks, I guess. Yeah, two weeks. Right, and, two uh, weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah. After that, I don't know. Just just chilling, maybe. Uh, start writing music again, like seriously. Uh, because at the moment I'm just fucking down. It's not like when you have a deadline, it's something different, you know, because you have that deadline in your mind and you know, okay, we have to be finished until then. Right. And it's like uh, you're in a completely different workflow. And uh, when you don't have that deadline, it's like uh, you start writing something and then. But you can breathe. Yeah, yeah, you can breathe. And then you're, you're, you're getting to a point where you don't know what to do. And it's just like, ah, I'm just going to go upstairs, play some video games or have a cigarette or go to bed, whatever. Uh, but it's totally different when you have the deadline. I mean, we have countless sleepless nights. Uh, we, we take it very seriously when we write a record. And uh, I mean, we had probably like six months where we woke up at 10 a.m. in the morning and went to bed at six in the morning and straight up for weeks and it's exhausting, but yeah. it, it it is also very fun. Uh, when you're in that moment, it's not really fun. <laughs> it's hell. Right. But uh, afterwards, you 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 learn to appreciate that. You know. I I do know, and I also think that the people that do that, you know, put their all into the records. You can tell on the flip side as a listener. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I'm listening to so much music nowadays, and uh, it always fascinates me. Like, you you can actually hear how much effort the bands put in record. Yes. I mean, when you when you listen to the new Lorna Shore, Pain Remains, oh my it's God. such an ass awesome record, yes. and uh, you can hear how much work and how much time they put into that record. And uh, yeah, and then you listen to other bands, and you're like. It's okay, I guess, but right, it doesn't resonate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally, hundred percent get that. Um, so that's gonna bring me to the end of my questions. Did I miss something you want to cover? Not really, not really. If you have any more questions, feel free to ask me anything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if fans want to find you, actually, I do have. I'm gonna put you through a quick little quiz here. But if fans yes. want to find you, where can they? Uh, where do they find the band? Uh, they can find us on Spotify, uh, on our Instagram, on Facebook, on uh, mentalcruelty.official.com, uh, like pretty much everywhere. Okay. I think the only social media platform we do not have is Twitter. Okay, perfect. So I'm a fan of this. Uh, I don't know if it's an American show, if you guys get it over there. It's called Inside the Active Studio. And at the end of the show, the host, James, looked and asked 10 questions, the same 10. All right. And I've got them sitting in front of me. So just give me your honest answers and then I'll let you go. Let's go. What is, your, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Uh, let me kill mister. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Uh, work. Yeah, me too. What <laughs> turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, family and friends. What turns you off? Uh, work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. I'm going to go with dumbass. <laughs> okay. What sound or noise do you love? Um, the scream 
from Angel of Death from Tom Araya at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yes. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, Dave Mustaine sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, I would like to attempt something in the mu movie industry. That would be cool. Yeah. What profession would you like not to do at any cost? Uh, Probably sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last one, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, That's a good one. What are you doing here? Go down. Lemmy is waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's all I've got. Thank you, my friend. I hope that wasn't too bad. Nah, it was awesome. Good. Was thank awesome. you for thank you for taking the time. Good luck with the record. Thanks for having me. Thank All right, you be very well. much. Cheers. Bye bye. All right, bye. Hello out there. Hi, I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McLean. We want to tell you about our podcast, None But the Brave, which is dedicated to taking a deep dive into the work of Bruce Springsteen. We're currently in our fifth season. Our latest episodes focus heavily on Bruce's 2024 tour and have featured such guests as Anthony Castrovince from MLB Network and Barstool's Kirk Minahan. We're also covering the 40th anniversary of Bruce's biggest record, Born in the USA. And as part of that, coming up this week, Uproxx cultural critic Stephen Hyden returns to the show for a fascinating hour-long conversation about his new book, There Was Nothing You Could Do, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA and the End of the Heartland. To listen, you can go to our website, mbtbpodcast.com, or subscribe on your preferred podcasting platform. We hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. <laughs>